Hello and welcome to the 215 Workman's Podcast. My name is Brother Robert Reynolds. I'm from KJB Wright Division Radio in Lipa City, Batangas, Philippines. This is the podcast of myself and Brother Landon Dunn, and we appreciate y'all being with us today uh, to hear this message that uh, we have for you and pray that uh, it's a blessing to you and a help to you and pray that it helps you learn to rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. All right, so uh, what I'm going to do today is uh, I'm going to uh, preach a little bit on man's false search for salvation. Man's false search for salvation. So go with me to uh, Romans uh, chapter 3, and uh, we will read verses 10 to 18. Romans chapter 3 verses 10 to 18. Starting in verse 10, the King James Bible says this, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none understand that there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Verse 13, Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. And in verse 18, There is no fear of God before their eyes. So, within every man is a longing and desire to rid himself of anything that inwardly condemns him. It is very sad that that self, Satan, and religion continually lead folks down the road, which leads to destruction. So let's talk about man's false search for salvation. Number one, let's look at Man's blind search. Romans 3, 10 to 12. As it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. And in verse 12, They are all gone out of the way, they are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. So all men are religious, but none seek God. Man seeks after fame, fortune, pleasure, but Matthew Look at Matthew 19. Look look at what Christ says. Matthew 19. And let's read verses 23 and 24. Matthew chapter 19. Verses 23 and 24. And this is, uh, it's dealing with uh, the rich young ruler here. Um, And verse 23, Christ says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of, of heaven. In verse 24, And again I say unto you, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle, of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. 
Amen. So be content with what you have. The love of money is the root of all evil. You know, some some say that money is the root of all evil, but it's not money that is the root of all evil. It is the love of money. Look at 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And um, let's start in verse 6 and we'll go to 11 to start with. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men into destruction and perdition. Now, look at verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil. You see, the love of money, which while some covet after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through, with many sorrows. And then verse 11. Look at what the Apostle Paul says. But thou O man of God. Flee these things. And follow after righteousness. Godliness. Faith. Love. Patience. Meekness. Now go to 1 Timothy 6. Verses 17 to 19. First Timothy 6 verses 17 to 19. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy that they do good that they uh, be rich in good works ready to distribute Willing to communicate. In verse 19. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come. That they may lay hold on eternal life. Don't trust in riches. Riches will not save you. Money will not save you. Fame will not save you. Look at Luke 12:15. Luke 12:15. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. You see that? So, man also searches for salvation in things that they do. Whether it be... Uh, Praying a sinner's prayer, you know, repeating a sinner's prayer, um, tithing, giving to the Lord's work, uh, local church membership, water baptism, being a good person, on and on and on and on. But Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says... For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You see that? We are saved by grace through faith. It's about what Christ did, not what we do. Now, 
Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 shows us why we are saved. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Should being the key word. We're saved to do good works for the Lord. Good works do not come before salvation. Titus 3.5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So good works cannot save a person in this church age, in this dispensation. And when it comes to salvation, oftentimes, you know, someone will, will get saved and, and uh, will say that they found God. But the truth of the matter is that when a person gets saved, it is not them that found God. God found them. It was them that were lost. God was not lost. And He is not lost. But Romans 3, 10 and 11 says, As it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Now, let's look at man and his methods. Look at Genesis 2, 15 to 17 to start with. Genesis 2, 15 to 17. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. That's a positive statement there. Verse 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. That's a negative statement. Alright. So, so notice that um, you know, God forms man you know, from the dust of the ground. Places him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And he gives the man a commandment. A command. To not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now. If he eats of the tree. He dies spiritually that day. Okay now. Satan comes along. In chapter 3. Says to Eve. Yea had God said. Let's look at that. Genesis chapter 3. Verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle. Than any beast of the field. Which the Lord God had made. That serpent there. Let me say really quickly. Is. Not a snake. That serpent there. Is the devil himself. Satan. Remember Satan is a dragon. And you'll see that in Revelation 20 verses 1 and 2. 
But he comes along and says, Yea, it God said. Did, did God say that? You better think about that. And so, he confuses Eve about what God said. And so she changes God's word. She adds to God's word. And she takes away from God's word. And man's been doing that ever since. You know, just, just look at, at all of the perversions of God's word that are out on the market. There's hundreds of them. And they all cannot say the same thing because of copyright. You know, they're not there to uh, help you to understand better what God said. You know, understand His Word better. They're there to confuse you what God said. Yea, hath God said. But it comes along, confuses Eve, and... Um, if you continue on in that chapter, you're going to see that uh, Eve is, is she's tempted by the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And, uh, and she wanted to be uh, her own God. She wanted that knowledge. And she ate. And she gave to her husband, and he did eat also. And he died spiritually that day. Physically died later. But notice that Adam and Eve made every attempt to escape responsibility for their sin. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Genesis 3 verse 7. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. You know, that is a type and picture of self-righteousness. And then they, they hide themselves from the presence of the Lord God. Genesis 3, 8-10. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? In verse 10 he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So God being the excellent investigator that he is, he called out to Adam. Notice he called out to the man, Adam. Why? The man is the head of the home. He is responsible. And, and then God starts to interrogate Adam. And so this, this will cause discord, you know, by them trying to cover up their sin. They start blaming one another, you know, and, and, um, and let's, let's read, I, I want to show you this, uh, look at verse 10. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And verse 11, he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? So, you know, God knows everything. So why did he ask Adam those questions? It's because he wanted Adam to own up. He wanted Adam to admit, be a man, and accept his mistake. His sin. 
And so now look at the discord here. Verse 12. And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. So, it's your fault, God, because you gave me the woman. It's the woman's fault because she gave me of that tree. In verse 13, And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? God knew already. He knows everything. And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Oh, it's the serpent's fault. He tricked me. He forced me. But you know what? We have a free will. So, why didn't Adam say to Eve, We are commanded by God to not eat of this tree. You're not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Why? It's because he loved his wife more than he loved God. He wanted to be with his wife. So now, here are four ways that a person has when dealing with his guilty conscience. Alright? Number one, he seeks to cover his own sin. Look at Job 31. Job 31. Verses 33 and 34. If I covered my transgressions as Adam by hiding mine iniquity in my bosom, did I fear a great multitude or did the contempt of families terrify me that I kept silence and went not out of the door? So again, Adam did not consult God about this. And his purpose was to hide what he had done to escape wrath. And he loved his wife more than he loved God and wanted to be with her. So they made themselves aprons of fig leaves and later on God judges those as inadequate and made them coats of skins. And remember that an animal's blood had to be shed for that. You know Jesus Christ Shed every precious drop of his blood for you, for me, and for the whole world. Alright, so man seeks to cover his own sin, but never, ever, ever forget that God sees and hears everything. You can't hide your sin from God. Look at Proverbs 15 verse 3. Proverbs 15 verse 3.
The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. You, you know, I remember, I remember a few years ago, uh, my, my sister uh, posted on Facebook. I, I have no idea what she did, but, uh, but she posted on Facebook. I hope God did not see that. You know, that's foolishness. God sees everything. And now look at look at um Job 26. Job 26. And let's read verses 5 and 6. Dead things are formed from under the waters, and the inhabitants thereof, the waters. Remember the, the, uh, the body of water that is up above the firmament, you know, which, which is the, uh, the crystal sea, the deep. So dead things are formed from under the waters and inhabitants thereof. We are under that water. Verse 6. Hell is naked before him and destruction hath no covering. He sees everything. So, so notice that in verse, verse 5. Dead things are formed from under the waters and inhabitants thereof. We are under that water. And so that is, that is why, you know, uh, soul winning like fishing. Amen. So look at what Moses told um a couple tribes of Israel here. Numbers 32. Numbers 32, verses 20 to 23. And Moses said unto them, If ye will do this thing, if ye will go armed before the Lord to war, and will go all of you armed over Jordan before the Lord, until he had driven out his enemies from before him, and the, Lord be sub and the land be subdued before the Lord, then afterward ye shall return and be guiltless before the Lord and before Israel. And this land shall be your possession before the Lord. And in verse 23, notice this. But if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord. And be sure, your sins, your sin will find you out. So here is the second thing that a man does to try to cover his sin. He blames someone else. Not my fault. It's their fault. He made me do it. Now, remember we talked about earlier Adam, you know, blaming God. And blaming the woman. And then then Eve. Blaming the serpent. Not me. Uh-uh. But we need to own up. To our sin. We commit a sin. We need to judge that sin as sin. Confess it to God as per 1 John 1, 9. 
and then God cleans us up puts us right back into proper fellowship with him okay so so he blames someone else blames others uh, and then he blames God you know Adam said God it's your fault you're the one that gave me the woman you know so look at James 1 James chapter 1 James chapter 1 and let's read verses 12 to 15 Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he has tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, he, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Let's read verse 16. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Amen. So Eve, she was tempted of lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Also Christ in the wilderness. Uh, Matthew chapter 4. You know, was was uh, tempted by lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Eve gave in. And then Adam fell, and now sin is in the world. But Christ, he quoted scripture. Amen. And then the fourth thing that man does to try to hide his sin, he blames the devil. Eve blamed the serpent. Now, you know, I, I've I've heard, you know, I've watched on on, uh, on on TV or, you know, whatever. Um, uh, someone will be asked why they did something, and and uh, they say, "Well, the the devil made me do it." The devil don't make you do anything. He can't make you do anything. You know, we have a free will. Now, let's look at the nature of false religion. False religion is built on Satan's philosophy. What is philosophy? Philosophy is reasoning. So when reason does not agree with Christianity and the Bible, reasoning must go out the window. So false religion is about Self-exaltation. You remember the, the five I wills of Lucifer in Isaiah 14? Lucifer got prideful. Let's look at that. Isaiah 14. We'll start in verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. So those five I wills. You know the number five in the Bible is the number of death. 
Satan has five letters in it. Lucifer gives five I wills. Self. I, 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 me, me, me. It's all about me. What will I get out of serving the Lord? What will I get out of salvation? Me, 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 me. Remember the, um, the very first uh, United Nations project, the Tower of Babel? In Genesis chapter 11, you know, let us make brick, let us build a city. Pride. Lucifer had pride. That's what caused him to fall. But remember that God hates pride. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 to 19, you're going to see uh, seven things that, that uh, God hates. And the very first one is a proud look. And there is no mistake as to why that is first. It is first because God hates pride the most. Because it robs him of his glory. Right, so stay away from pride. You know, I see, I see often, you know, on uh, on Facebook, uh, there will be posts that say something like, "I'm proud to be a Baptist. I'm proud to be saved. I'm proud to be a Christian." But God hates pride. Let's stay away from it. Now, there are many things that churches uh, of, uh, of different denominations say that a person needs to do in order to be saved. So, so here are just a few of them. Alright. Uh, number one, you know, read your Bible, study your Bible. You know, 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Alright, that, that's a commandment. That's not a suggestion. Okay, we're commanded to study. But studying God's word will not save a person. Now, the lost, the lost are not going to read or study the Bible it goes against them and it's foolishness to them look at 1st Corinthians chapter 1 1st Corinthians chapter 1 let me get there And uh, let's read verses 18 and, well, let's go 18 to 20, 22. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved is the power of God. For as written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Had not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. You know, we who are saved... are the only Bible 
that a lot of folks, a lot of unsaved folks will ever read. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 1 and 2. Do we begin again to command ourselves or need we as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistle written in our hearts known and read of all men. You see that there? The unsaved are watching us who are saved. They're watching us so that they can say, See, I told you there, you know, God is a lie. God does not exist. The Bible is, 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 uh, is fake news. All this other stuff. But we who are saved, we are commanded to study our Bibles. Study God's Word. 2 Timothy 2.15 Now, also, I want you to know that with 2 Timothy 2.15, the King James Bible is the only one that has study in it. The perversions remove the word study. So it's no wonder that people are, are ignorant. A lot of people are ignorant about God's Word because they don't study. They just take a pastor's or a preacher's word for it, you know, he has uh, two or three degrees in theology and all this. You know, and he, he's a pastor. He's been to Bible school, all this other stuff. So he knows what he's talking about. But sometimes that's not true. You have to watch out for the teaching of traditions and things like that. So study for yourself and be persuaded in your own mind. Whatever that pastor or preacher teaches, including myself, go back. Study it for yourself. And if it's not Bible, if it's not what the Word of God says, throw it out and follow the Bible. But if it is what God says, if it is Bible, then follow it. Right? And then, also, they say... We're saved by water baptism. Water baptism does not save in this church age. Water baptism is only a outward showing of what happens in, in, a, in an unsaved person's heart when they get saved. Right. It shows the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Look at 1 Corinthians 1.17. 1 Corinthians 1.17. The Apostle Paul says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Now, should we get baptized? Sure. You know, does it save us? No. When should we get baptized? In water? After salvation. Alright, look at Acts 8. Acts chapter 8. And this is dealing with the uh, Ethiopian eunuch. And uh, let's, uh, let's read verses 36 and 37. And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart. Well, let's back up. Yeah, 36. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, there is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest, notice that, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and that eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. So water baptism does not save, but a person uh, should be baptized in water after salvation because it's a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, the last one I'm going to give you uh, of, uh, of things that uh, people say that we need to do in order to be saved is, is, uh, is tithing and giving, giving to the Lord's work. All right, but uh, but giving, tithing, which I I don't teach tithing, you know, tithing is not a law for the church today. But but uh, if uh, if someone can can do that without um, without coercion from anybody, uh, and they can do it cheerfully, then I'm not going to stop them. But remember that tithing is not a law for the church today you know in this church age uh, look at 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 and um, let's read verses 6 and 7 but this I say he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully now look at what the Apostle Paul says in verse 7. Every man according as it purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. See, tithing under the law was a necessity. And we're not to give grudgingly. And we can give whatever we want from our heart All right it's not just 10% we can give a lot more if we want but it is not a requirement all right so how is a person saved in this church age John 14 6 and Jesus said unto him I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the Father but by me Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation in this church age alright look at 1st Corinthians 15 verses 1 to 4 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 to 4 Moreover brethren I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you which also ye have received and wherein ye stand by which also ye are saved if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you unless ye believed in vain for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures so that is the gospel that we preach today in this church age is the only gospel that saves the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That gospel is not according to me, not according to you, not according to any pastor or preacher or evangelist or anybody. It's according to the scriptures. And then I will leave you with this. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 12 and 13. This is the transaction for salvation. In this church age. That we should be to the praise of his glory. Who first trusted in Christ. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So, salvation in this church age is that 
you hear the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, you believe it, you trust it, and you're sealed. It's not about repeating a sinner's prayer. It's not about being a local church member. It's not about water baptism. It's not about studying your Bible or reading your Bible. It's not about giving or tithing or whatever. It's about what Christ did. Do you believe and trust what Christ did for you? Because you are a sinner on your way to hell? Now, I'm going to give you five things here really quickly that um, I, I don't remember where I got this from, um, but, um, but I know that, that it, it, it comes from uh, Dr. Peter Ruckman. But he said, number one, the root source of all questioning and doubting of the Bible is satanic. Number two, sin on this planet begins with subtracting from or adding to God's word and changing also, I will say. Uh, verse three, uh, man's present desire to be godlike or like God is knowledge, in knowledge is satanic. Number four, Satan is a real force to be reckoned with in the intellectual realm. Number five, Man in his present condition is a fallen, deluded, self-righteous buck passer who is hiding from God and using his religion as an excuse to disobey God's word. So what's it going to be for you, lost sinner friend? Heaven or hell? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house choose wisely amen all right thank you so very much for being with us uh, today thank you for your prayers for us our families our ministries uh, please continue to pray for this podcast that the lord will continue to use it mightily for his glory amen once again thank you so very much until next time god bless you